Welcome to Juvel Hub, your helping hand in property management education. We are so thankful that you have joined us. And please remember to follow and like us on your favorite social media outlet, which you can find in our show notes. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Juvel Hub podcast, your helping hand in property management. I am excited to have Tammy Decker back with us today from Higginbotham. And we are going to be focused on another incredible topic, super important, one that for many of us, it's just we kind of cringe at and we don't even want to go down that road. And that is progressive discipline training, a topic that being able to say to an employee, well, you messed up. And this is what we need to, to talk about, what we need to do. Tammy, thank you for being back on the show. Your, your experience in, in HR is, is fantastic. Give us the, the high level of progressive discipline training and why we want to bring this subject to our audience today with the importance of it. Well, Jonathan, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Um, I, I appreciate that very much. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, you know, it would be great if the whole world, the employees that you hire never were a problem. They did everything they were supposed to do um, and they did it well. And, you know, maybe they make a mistake here or there, but they correct it. And I mean, that would be, well, I would be out of a job, <laughs> right? right? Um, exactly. uh, unfortunately, that's just not the case. And some of that is because people have different skills, different gifts and graces and, 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 God never loaded everybody up with one set of gifts and graces. And then a whole bunch of other people didn't get this, you know, didn't get any they're blended. And, you know, we all have our, you know, we have our, you know, our, our areas that need improvement or things we're not good at. I always use the example of the fact that if my employer needed me to run a seven minute mile, we would be in a world of hurt because I would work very, very hard. You wouldn't have no doubt that I was making every effort. I will never run a seven minute mile, but that's true for our employees. We have some that maybe put in a position that they're just never going to meet expectations. And we have a responsibility to talk to those employees, to give them the chance to do better, give them some, some tools on how to get better, and then release them from a position that is a burden because they are never going to run a seven minute mile to go find a place that's fine with a 12 minute mile. Um, so the other thing I'm seeing, and and I we talked about this, you know, before, but we're in a situation where hiring people is very, very difficult, very difficult. Um, there are two openings for every one job, what for every one unemployed person right now in the United States, that's hard. And what has happened is employers get scared about going and hiring someone nervous that they can't replace them. So they're allowing bad behavior to grow and they're allowing people to believe that, you know, they have, that, that they can continue to be bad, that you, bad employees coming to work late, no show, um, treating our customers poorly, treating their coworkers poorly. And employers tolerance for that bad behavior has grown a lot because they're scared to go and they're worried they can't hire anybody. So that's the universe we're in. But if you keep problem people and you don't show your high performers or the people that are just doing fine, that you're not taking care of these people who are being are bad players at your uh, office or your workplace, it drags everyone down. That mm -hmm. bad behavior is contagious. People, 
you will find that there almost becomes like you have a team of people and you have someone that's tardy three times a week, doesn't get in three times a week. And then all of a sudden, everybody's late 15 minutes. And then when no one's saying anything about the 30 minutes, now the 30 minute guy, he's more like 45 minutes late and everybody else is getting in about 20, 25 minutes late because they still look good because he gets in so late. So what does it matter? And you've created this, this um, desensitization to um, ex the expectations you have for the work. So progressive discipline is really the only way that you help correct a situation or remove a player who's not willing to try to improve. Got it. Got it. What a great, great assessment. Um, yeah. It's like a domino effect. If you ignore it, it just, it kind of mushrooms out of control and then you're, then you're in a real bad pickle. So, so for our audience, they're like thinking, well, where, where do we begin? How do we, is it something that we have to create policies and procedures for? Is it more on a case by case basis where there's principles that you have to manage? Is it just, questions. you know, what do you, what do you think, Tammy? So I, I have found a lot of people have migrated to a, a pretty sublime policy that says we use progressive discipline um, in the workplace. Well, what is that? What is progressive discipline? Progressive discipline is just a stepped up disciplinary process that basically says, your, the impact that you receive is greater than it was before. So you get a verbal warning, which is kind of like coaching and counseling and, Hey, we'd really like you to get it here on time. And, um, and you, and let, and it's not like a form, they're not going to fill it out. Right. It's just saying, Hey, we really need you here. There's a reason we need you here. That's important to mention to people because some people just don't get why they need to be at work on time, but mention that to them or, um, you know, you, so that's a verbal warning. And, and I've had people say, well, do I have to write it down? Well, no, you don't have to write it down for them to sign because that's not a verbal warning. That's written. Um, but a verbal warning, what I encourage managers to do is send yourself an email. Um, the great thing about sending yourself an email is it's time stamped. You mm -hmm. can create some folders. Most of us have like 900 folders, but I create a folder for each direct report that I have. I'll send myself an email and said I gave Steve a verbal warning regarding his fifth, you know, tardy this month. I send it to myself and I dump it in that folder. It's just super easy for me to file away and keep it in there. I also send Steve had a great client compliment today, or, you know, I mean, just, it's a great place to dump those comments, timestamp some, like gives you some timelines and stuff. So that's your first step. So what we're not going to do is give another verbal warning for the same thing. Because if you give three verbal warnings for tardies, what is the employee to assume they're going to get next time? Right. A verbal warning. They don't think it's going to go anywhere. They just think, oh, she's just going to keep telling me to be on time. Well, you've got to ratchet up the intensity for them to, to hopefully get their attention. So then you go to a written warning. So now we're sitting down. We have a document that says, if you don't improve, you're going to face further you know, discipline, including termination, if you don't improve. And so it feels more significant. You're trying to get their attention. Hey, Steve, listen, you've really got to be here. And then, and I'm keeping it very simple here. Um, right. You know, we're talking about a verbal, a written, and then you go to a final and say, if it happens again, you're going to lose your job, man. Get to work. You know, so you've given, and the great thing about having those three steps, even if it's just three, when you go to terminate Steve, 
you can feel completely confident that you gave Steve every chance in the world to get better. What I often see is we verbal warning, verbal warning, verbal warning, verbal warning, verbal. It's like your dad. Remember how your dad had a tolerance for the noise to a level and he went from stop, you know, stop making noise to if you don't stop, I'm going to, you know, who knows yeah. what, send you to your room or whatever. And he went, went from zero to a hundred. That is not, well, an, an employee's not going to improve in that scenario. Right. You've got to increase the intensity so that you get their attention. But if you keep giving them those verbals, they're going to think that, that you're never going to move to losing their job. Um, and it's okay to let people go that aren't fits for your work. There is a, I have had, Jonathan, I've had people hug me in termination meetings because they said, I knew I was never going to get it, but I'm not the kind of person who can quit, you know, and they, and they were just, you know, they were just never going to allow themselves to quit. They were just going to keep trying and trying and they were never going to get the work. I mean, they were, the the competency, which just wasn't there just when they're skill again, seven minute mile. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're saying a few different things that just made me think of different sports analogies too, because it's I mean, discipline, discipline in sports is very, very common. And sometimes yeah. it's, it's overlooked just that there is some structure to it. Like in soccer, it's this color card and then it's this color card. You know, you, the coach may get a verbal warning in basketball about being off the bench and then he gets a technical foul for coming off the bench, you know, another time. So there's, just even in that little way, there's an expectation that you're going to start with this, but automatically it's migrating to this if you do the same thing again. So, I, Well, and I Jonathan, that, it's what we all had in kindergarten too, right? Remember yeah. she would move the pen from green to yellow and yellow yeah. to red. I mean, we, we all have been raised to understand this process. Um, it's just, it's the doing it. It's, we're busy. It's it's conflict. Like you said, I think there also is a level of expert. I think there are some managers that truly believe people are just going to figure it out. Like if I, if I just give them enough time, they're going to figure it out. If I just don't tell them they're going to sense that they're doing something wrong. Um, I, 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 I tell managers all the time, we all assume we're doing a good job until you tell us we're not, there's no one wandering around going, what should I do better? Because I don't know that I'm you know, I, no one's thinking that they do poorly. You have right. to give them, shine some light on it. So they have an opportunity to get better. Yeah. You made me think of my, my one granddaughter. She was, she was having a, a, a the same, the same issue, just trying to sort out, uh, you know, what new to school and, and she was talking too much or said it was something silly, you know, just something silly when you're in, in pre-kindergarten or kindergarten. And she got moved to the yellow and she was just mortified. Sure. <laughs> the green, she's like, ah, you know, so it's like, it was, uh, she's telling my wife and I on the phone that she got a green today, you know, so happy that, but she knew those, like, to your point, there were parameters and that there was expectations, even for a young, cute little girl to make sure she does what she's supposed to do. So, you know, it's so interesting, you know, when we were in kindergarten and first grade, public announcement of where you stood on a performance level was so common. I mean, 
when I was in, and this is a long time ago, dinosaurs roamed the earth, right? I, when I was in elementary school, but, <laughs> but I mean, there was a chart with everyone's name and you knew where little Stevie was compared to me. I mean, man, employees would not appreciate that. And, I, and please don't do that. Please don't write people up and then announce to your organization, you know, the rest of your team that you've written people up. Don't do that. But it is amazing how you get, you get um, so much more sensitive to the privacy of, of um, the discipline. And I would say you do not need to announce who you've written up, but your staff should see that you're dealing with challenges. You, your staff should see that. Now, I'm going to put a little asterisk on all of this. It is critical for employee, employers, managers, supervisors to make sure that they're being consistent and equal in their treatment of people. Um, it is an important part of being a professional is sitting down with yourself and assessing where do I have biases? Where do I give preferential treatment at times? And some of those things are... Um, you happen to know that you're, you know, you have an employee who loves, I don't know, pickleball. That's where everybody's doing right. You want to ruin your tennis game, go play some pickleball. Anyway, <laughs> let's say she plays pickleball and you play pickleball and y'all are friends. And, and so that kind of supersedes that supervisor. So maybe it's just personal preferences. Um, maybe you're a, a, a not super tall supervisor and you have a super tall guy that feels like he's taking advantage of you are do you have a personal preference or like do you have a do you have a problem with this person because they're tall or but because of their performance and I'm using some very generic things but obviously race religion age gender sexual orientation those all those things are places where we have biases and someone who tells me they have no bias means that they got too many to list um but as a manager, it's our job to stop and say, I recognize that I have a bias for this or that, and I need to work very hard, be very intentional that my di disciplinary actions are equal and consistent for my whole team, not showing some favor to one or another just simply because I have this internal, they're like me, and I like people that are like me or whatever. So th that is it's where we as managers get in trouble with progressive discipline. It's not for telling people areas they need to improve on. It's when we don't do it consistently and somebody then begins to think he's disciplining me differently. And so that employee is going to then think, why? Why is it everybody else can be late once a week? But with me, I'm getting written up for once a week. It must be because I am female, over 40, handicapped, uh, African-American, whatever, you know, one of those things. It's natural for a human to say, if I'm being treated differently, why? Why am I being treated differently? So equal and consistent use of disciplinary, um, the disciplinary process is critical in your role. Are you in compliance? When employees make mistakes, everyone is at risk. Compliance training lowers that risk. Juvo Hub is happy to announce its new online course, Diversity Basics Foundations. Learn more about this course at juvohub.com. Your helping hand in property management education. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. And, and I know our audience, it, it, all of that really resonates with property management, Tammy, because we're all thinking of the Fair Housing Act and that when it comes to how we treat our residents, 
that is like the pinnacle of those interactions is understanding the inclusivity, inclusive approach that you take to working with residents. And so those principles, those laws uh, apply in the workplace environment. Absolutely. So it made me think of something though, Tammy, because it's like, you mentioned at the beginning too, it's like, yeah, God's given us all these different gifts. Everyone has their gifts. So let's, let's have a scenario for a moment. We've got a stalwart manager. They are just excellent, organized, they get the job done. Their, their performance is amazing. But in this scenario, being able to implement discipline, it just frightens them to be able to, to have, have that one thing that's part of their job description. They know they have to do it. What, what have you done or what would you recommend as far as, so you're the HR director, what do you do to coach or help that manager be able to get used to that process to, to take the fear away? Practice, 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 practice. Um, so uh, all the time, um, I role play with, <laughs> I have some friends that are, um, D and D players and they all get excited about role play or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, not that <laughs> we're going <laughs> to practice firing me. You're going to sit over there and you're going to fire me. Um, I, you're going to write me up. We're going to talk through it and I'm going to be a different person for each scenario. So you're going to discipline me and I'm going to be the agitated one and say, well, you never trained me how to do that. If you were a better supervisor, I wouldn't be getting written up because that's the sort of stuff you're going to hear. You yeah. know, the next time we practice, I'm going to be someone who goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. 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 And you have no clue if they've heard you at all. You have no clue if they've processed what you said because their mind has flighted away. It's fight or flight. You know, you've got the one that's telling you you're you're a terrible supervisor. It's not me, it's you. You know, and then you've got someone who just leaves the building. You know, you've got to practice. But practice, go home. Fire your partner, fire your dog, write up your cat, have those <laughs> conversations. And then what I also would say is make a script. You're not going to read it to the person in the actual session, but type out your script and then hear yourself say it for the first time when you're not with the employee, because some people can't even let the words come out of their mouth. It, it terrifies them so much. And, and once you say it a few times, then, okay, I've heard myself say the words and I've practiced and I'm not good at that sentence. I need to reframe how I'm going to say that. Write it out. Give your dog a written warning. <laughs> Give your, I, I was to say, fire your spouse. Be careful. Be careful. Don't, <laughs> don't give reasons. <laughs> um, but hear yourself say it, not for the first time in front of that employee. And yeah. also think through the scenarios of who you might get. You, what if they cry? What if they cry? What are you going to do? You know what you're going to do? You're going to stop and give them a second because they're just dealing with it. And some people are going to use angry words. Some people are going to cry. Some people are just going to give you that stone cold. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh -huh, I just want to leave. Be prepared for those things. Um, I have had many of these sessions and very rarely do you get extreme ones. Uh, I've told people I've only had people throw stuff at me when I've asked for those things. 
<laughs> like if I've asked someone for their cell phone, inevitably they throw it at me. But, you know, you don't get extreme responses most of the time. But if you practice, you're going to be far more prepared um, for what they might say, just simply because you're not caught up in your words. Once you're comfortable with your words, you can hear theirs and deal with their response. Now, I would say, when it comes to disciplinary action, I'm pretty much fine for a one supervisor, one employee. This should not be done at their cubicle with other people listening. Don't yeah. do that. That's not nice. It's not, it's not appropriate and it's not professional beyond nice. You need to go into a room and have a conversation with them. We, we praise in public. We discipline in private. Um, if you're a male and this is a female you're writing up, or if you are a female and you have a male you're writing up, it, there's no harm in having a second person sit in. If you think that that dynamic needs it, okay, um, there's no problem with that. In a termination, I would say absolutely have a second person sitting with you um, in that meeting. They don't need to say anything, but they just need to be there so that someday someone said, did Susie really say that? That secondary person can say that they did. Um, so practice, practice, practice. Yeah, very good. That, that's that's excellent. That's what our audience needed to hear, you know, because it's, I, I was just trying to put myself in the shoes and I, I hated it. You know, I've been in management positions before and I messed it up and they still haunt me to this day. I wish I had a mentor or someone who would have been able to give me that training when I was in my twenties and in my thirties and never having to deal with that. So kudos to you for oh, one, having coaching as part of that and for our audience to realize so that's just, that's just a component that just needs to be part of what you're, what you're doing. So Excellent, excellent tips. What an amazing topic. Yeah. Amazing. So, you know, one that, you know, we, we typically don't, we don't want to talk about, we shy away from sometimes. It's just like, you know, let's hope we never have to deal with it. But as you highlighted for all of us, it is something that we have to deal with and we have to have something in place in order to set the stage, set the bar that benefits the entire company. Absolutely. Without using- a doubt. And uh, I, I would also say I've had so many people say to me, the more I do progressive discipline, the more comfortable I get with it. I learn how to say things better. I learn how to better communicate to the employee how to improve. Um, but you just get, you recognize that good progressive discipline begets better behavior or begets a better work environment because you're managing a problem. And that makes you want to do it more. You want to get in front of that employee and give them that chance to do better. It will be the better of all of us. Not doing anything will get you the exact result and effort that you put into it. Great summary. Thank you so much. Thank you for being available for the show again today. Love your insights. Love what you do for HR. And I know our audience is absolutely eating all of this up. So thank you so much, Tammy, for being thank here. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. How, how can Tell us about... Uh, you know, you, Higginbotham, how can people connect with you if they want more information to hear from you? So I'm the head of the HR services division at Higginbotham and, and we provide a, a third party outsourced HR for clients. Um, I have a team of consultants. I have a team of HR administrators, a team of that does payroll, a team that does benefits administration and some FMLA tracking. Um, it's a way for you to have depth in your HR 
offering to your employees and coverage for your employees without having to have an entire HR staff on your bottom line. Um, so we, we, we provide HR services for lots of clients all over the country and um, enjoy getting to work with different industry, industries. But I would tell you, um, we have a good number of clients in this uh, multi-property, uh, multi-family property um, space. Right. Um, we have some resident experts on human resources in that industry. So um, I, would in, I would encourage you to go to higginbotham.com and find out about the services we provide. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Tammy Decker from Higginbotham. Thank you for being on the show. I am Jonathan Saar, your host of the Juva Hub podcast. Thank you for being here today. Until next time, class dismissed. Take care. Thank you.